You said a bat was in your sister's house. A bat flew in my sister's house, but uh, she was at work. She works overnight. She was doing a double. So my nephew pounds on the door Saturday night at like three in the morning. I thought the cops was coming like at my door. So I'm in my boxers. I go and answer the door. Didn't think about it. <laughs> and it's my nephew. He's dressed like a uh, like Apocalypse Batman from the Zack from the Zack Snyder Justice League <laughs> shit. And he's like, "Oh, you gotta come over here, man, because they live next door. You gotta come over here. There's a bat in the house, and I can't get it out. So right, I go over there, and." Uh, he was like, it crawled in the ba- it crawled in the bathroom. So I look in there, I don't see it. I shut the door. He was like, all right, what are we gonna do? I was like, go get me a couple towels. I just stuff them underneath there. He was like, all right, now what? I was like, I'm going back to bed. Your mom can deal with this in the morning. So <laughs> I go over there in the you next day. With the bat. I go over there in the next. Hell no, I've seen Contagion. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how that shit started. And uh, that's how most pandemic and zombie yeah. movies start is a bat or a pig of some kind. And then that movie, it was both. Uh, I ain't never seen Contagion. It's an older movie, but after uh, COVID nineteen, like after that shit popped back up, it like got some like everybody started watching it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, Morpheus from you know Ma- the Matrix and okay, Lo- Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah, but Morpheus. Uh, it's Morpheus. It's Morpheus. It's Morpheus. <laughs> not Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not that Furious shit because I don't know what kind of name Furious was in Boys in the Hood. You know what, what I'm you saying? mean? But That's the classic. I hated that name because he's not a furious man. Well, because it probably has a Greek. We're getting on topic here. <laughs> there was a bat. So I go over there. <laughs> What's going on with the bat? And uh, my sister and every, my sister sleep on the couch. My nephew sleep on the couch. My niece is sleeping in my sister's car because she's not dealing with no bat at all. So I go, my uh, his my, my nephew's neighbor, uh, he had an airsoft pistol. So I'm like, I'm not about to hit this thing. I'm not going to miss, you know, me get bit. So I just, I line the shot up. I just shoot this bat. Had to bleach the whole house because all bat blood everywhere. You know what I mean? But oh, shit. we don't fuck with bats. Not over this way. Nick, you ever had experience with a Batman? Yes, I did. What was it like? Oh, it was crazy, man. I actually was uh, stand over by uh, Woodland and uh, on 16th Street. And uh, okay. I was there with my homie. And uh, I was in my room sleeping. It was real late, but it was real hot. The house was like <laughs> steaming hot. No AC or nothing. You know what I mean? So we just in there. Fans going. Well, he opened his window in his room. And... The bat flew in his room and out his door flew down the stairs and was flying Man, around hell no. the house. Hell was no. flying around the house. Mm-mm. So then he comes out and he's going crazy and he wakes me up. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, there's a bat in the house. I'm like, a bat in the house? It's hard to believe. I'm like, how does this happen? <laughs> he's like, well, I had the window open because it was so hot, you know, and I was trying to catch a breeze and the bat flew yeah. in. So we sitting there looking at each other like, what do we do now? You know what I mean? Because it's like <laughs> he wanted you to help him. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you asleep. I get up and I'm just flying, just all nope. around, upstairs, downstairs, all around downstairs. Nope. So Man, I'm cool. We go downstairs to open the front door. You know, because thinking, you know, maybe I just fly out the front door. You know what I mean? The window's still open so I could fly back out. No, it's it's down there just doing its thing. How long did it take for y'all to get it? I left. (laughs) You wouldn't even help. I couldn't couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I waited. I waited till the morning and I went and got a hotel room until the bat was gone. Yeah, because essentially bats are just like air rodents. 
They're just they're just like flying rats, just disease yeah, I could, ridden. I couldn't do it. Flying I rats. couldn't do it. That's not me. I'm not. Nah. I'm not. I'm not your guy. If you got a bat, don't call me. Yeah. If I didn't have that air, if if my nephew's friend didn't have that airsoft pistol, because they got to the point, where I, I I got my sword. I'm like, I'm not about to sit here and fuck with you no. You got pull out a sword on yeah, his damn bat. I'm not fucking with no broom, bro. I'm not doing multiple hits. It's one and done with this. You was like, we got to be Gensu. quick about you it. You was gonna go Gensu Blade. You know, you know like for real, Bankai. Just literally just slice this thing out of midair, but then I'm like, you know, fuck this. He's got an airsoft pistol. Mind you, the thing looked real as hell. I told him, you need to put this thing in your pocket when you walk over here with this, because somebody's going to call. But uh, nah, as soon as I, he had that shit CO2 pistol, I just shot the motherfucker like three, four times. It fell off the curtain, and, and that was it. And then I went over there, broomed it up in the little trash can. Me and my sister bleaching her bathroom and shit. I, I'm not playing with no bats. We got a we got a Christian hip hop artist, and we start off talking about killing bats. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. We Life did, is crazy. A, we did just get right into it. <laughs> what part of the Bible are they talk about that? Because that has all this happenings in the world, like hey, pestilence, hey. something like that. It's all types of crazy stories in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's Yo. crazy that you are, a, you know, a Christian artist and everything. My dad's a pastor and all that. So like, I definitely, you definitely have to plug me into something so I can pass it over. He'll definitely probably give. To listen, nah, oh, for sure. That's, that's who we got that's on here, man. Appreciate it. Nicholas McDaniel, ladies and gentlemen. Three three zero in the house. How you yes, doing, sir? Man? Yes, sir. I'm here. I'm here. Hey, I'm blessed, man. Like, I'm blessed to be sitting here with you two right Hell now. Yeah, we glad Appreciate you're here, that. bro. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is a huge honor for me. You thank know? you, thank you. If you'd have told me years ago that I'd be sitting on the podcast, I'd have laughed at you. <laughs> but this ain't. This is not me. But this is say what you mean, man. Exactly, this is what man. you can say. This is your this episode. Is, this is your episode. So, like, you know, we just want the people to know about you, what you got going on. And one thing we do here whenever we get started is just trying to uh, learn about our artists and, you know, where they grew up. So what side of town did you grow up on, man? I grew up uh, on the northeast side on uh, 9th Street, right beside God Given. Okay. So um, okay. I, I, I live right there. I went to Washington for a little bit. Uh, okay. Lipper. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so my, my parents, uh, they moved, you know, they got us up out of there, you know, and then uh, we were still in uh, Kenton City. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We moved to 15th Street, and that's when I started going to Woodland. And um, then we moved to 22nd Street, and uh, I went to Worley. And then from there, then we moved to Plain Loco. And y'all kept, I know y'all kept going north. Yeah, yeah. We we <laughs> that was like here we gonna go from Lipper. Like, yeah, we gonna go. You up. know, everything's good, but we gonna move up because right. we can move up. You know exactly. what I mean? So That's dope, man. Um, you're the only person I know that went to Worley. Legit. Yeah, <laughs> I've never I know. I met the with the world. I know no one who ever went there. So like, I usually just think I used to think that place was just like a myth. Like, that Worley doesn't exist. <laughs> you know where it's at? You're like, where Worley at? Oh, it's right in the middle. Okay, oh yeah, okay. yeah. Worley was cool, man. Like, I I actually like going there. And I um, Chad Anderson. Shout out to Chad Anderson. Shout, Shout out Chad, Chad Anderson. Anderson. Yes, uh, we real cool. You know what I mean? We, we was in the same grade. We ran that park that and. You know, we go outside and recess. You know what I mean? Kickball. We used to bomb that ball over the fence. All the time, <laughs> Dominating. You know I mean? That was the whole. That's how you determine the home run in elementary days. If you go over the fence, oh, it's a yeah, home run. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you can't get the ball. If the recess dude, you got to go get the ball, then it's a home Pissing run. Pissing the recess security guard off. <laughs> <laughs> Mad every single like, time. That's not kicking that ball over the fence. Damn it, Nick. <laughs> yeah, so we, I mean, and then I met a lot of good people. You know what I mean? In the Kansas City district 
And then moving to playing local, it was just like a, it was a huge change for me. You know what I mean? Going mm-hmm. from Kansas City to playing local, not really knowing anybody. Right. You know what I mean? So build new relationships and stuff like that. It was, it was a little bit of a challenge, but I mean, it worked out. I mean, for me, I'm a, I'm a person, I stayed to myself for the most part. For sure. You know I mean? I'm, I'm cool with a lot of people, but I don't really have a lot of friends. Right. You know what I mean? Right, especially so. when you get over like when you get past thirty, you realize you only really got like four or five friends. Yeah, everybody else for the most part is just an associate. You be looking at your numbers in your phone clients. after thirty, like I don't even call half these people. It's one of the reasons why I don't even care like to get back on Facebook because it's like I have four hundred and seventy or something friends on there, and I really only talk to ten of you, maybe. So <laughs> like, what's the point? That's so I'm why just I'm glad I got business out there. You know, I just started the Instagram thing, and that's really just so you know to promote this. And I can just filter through it a lot better. Like, I can honestly say now the only people on my Instagram are people that I know. So, well, with the exception of like two or three. But I've met them through here. So now I can say that. But I can, uh, I feel you on, you know, having to, you know, assimilate into a different environment when it comes to school and like making new connections. Because I had been here, I went to school here in Canton most of my life. And then I ended up having to go and move to with my dad in PA. Uh, my ninth grade year, halfway through that. Wow. So I had never, I, I, I lived through, I lived up there when I was younger, younger, but I, I made all my friends down here. My whole social life was down here. So going from a school like McKinley to a private school that was, you know, every kid's got laptops and this, that, and the third, it, it was a, almost a culture shock. Cause I'm like, I have no idea how to talk to any of you here. Um, no friends. All I did was sit at home. I went to school, went home. I, I was the most boring kid up until I got to come back here. I almost begged to come back just so I could have shit to do after school. So I get that, but hey, you kept moving up, man. Yeah, but for you, man, you know, you scoring from Canton City to playing local, what was the adjustment like? What, what did it feel like? Because, you know, we have a lot of guests from the city on the show, and it's always Canton City, but I've never <coughs> asked somebody how was that adjustment from going to Canton City to playing local? Because I, I went to, uh, I went from playing local to Canton City. Well, back and forth, because, like, when I started in school, I went to Allen. And then I went to Clarendon. Then we went to uh, Plant William R. Day. Then I went to Taft. Then I went back to Canton City. And that was a culture shock on both ends because I knew what I was getting myself into. You know what I'm saying? So what was it like going from Canton City to playing local schools? Or well, you didn't go to playing local area or did you go to playing local schools? Just the area, right? I went, I went from going to Worley to moving to playing local to going to Frazier. Okay, okay. Mm. So it was like... Ooh. It was night and day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at Worley, you had a chance of getting paddled. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you was out of line. You go to the principal's office, he pulling that paddle out. For sure. You get to playing local, and you don't, you don't see that. You know what I mean? It's like, so I was, I was, you know, that was a little wild. You know what I mean? Making the transition. Uh but I always got decent grades. So it wasn't like um, I was like the class clown or anything. But when I got bored, it was on. <laughs> well, well, was, you, was you good student, bad student? I was I was in the middle. You know what I mean? Like I was. That mean you was bad. No, I got. Point. No, for real. <laughs> like, like, it was a little balance, like, you know. I was I was good as much as a kid could be. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Elementary school kid. You know what I mean? But when I was bad, I was bad. And it it followed me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It followed me. When I got to middle school, because I went to Taft. Okay. And I and and at Taft I was I was my worst. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Probably because like, you was like, like outnumbered. Because when I was at Tab, sometimes you feel like the only black person in the school. Well, that wasn't even the case because I had a lot of a lot of you know people that I developed some good relationships with in elementary school. You know what I mean? So we was still cool going into going into uh, middle school, but it was just like a switch flipped. You know what I mean? And it was like I kind of somewhat felt a little bit alone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it it made me act out a little bit. You know, acting what I mean? out like what you was you in the office in the hallway. Oh man, like. You know you was bad when they fights. put your whole desk. When you know they, when they put your whole desk from inside into yeah, the hall, it was with. bad. Yeah, it's over with. It's, it's over, over with <laughs> after that. You know what I mean? I I spent time in in ISS in school suspension. Oh, you know what I mean? That was that was Belden, boring but, uh, shit. Uh, oh man, like, if if that's not if that's not jail in itself for a kid, right? Essentially, solitary. you can only come out to eat all day. It's literally like solitary. When you when you when you think about it, that's what they should call it in school. At Belden, what they would do is like they would move your desk first. They wouldn't immediately put you outside if they move your desk. They would move it to like the front of the class, like you'd be like right up on the chalkboard, right. basically. Right. And then if you messed up again, they'd have it like right by the door. And then you messed up, then you outside. But I, I I beat that shit all the time, dude. Like I would just still be like peeking in, you know what I mean? And like just sitting there doing goofy shit. I got caught by uh, what was her name? Miss Hodge, I think her name was second grade Belden. If anybody went to Belden, you know what I'm talking about. She called me peeking into the room one time. You know I got that smooth paddle. So, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never had a paddle experience. I was playing. Nah, it was the like, one time, but if I remember correctly, my parents was not feeling that at all. I I, I hated going to Belden. It, that that shit felt like borderline of prison too at the time. Like what was that first, second, third? Yeah, I was like first through fourth grade. Kind of felt borderline prison esque. It was like where they sent all the bad kids in the city. I felt like because nobody paid attention in there. <laughs> Everybody was roasting people. It's like it was like Oz Junior. That's not like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not like Oz. It's not like yo. In them young years, did you get into music? In the elementary years, or when did you kind of get into music? I mean, music's been a big part of my family. My dad, um, you know, he he's is a singer. Okay. You know what I mean? So, like, <clears throat> he was a part of the Canton Symphony at one point in time. Oh. So he performed at the Palace Theater, um, and he sang some solos there. And uh, my dad actually had a chance to go on Star Search back in the day. No shit. And he, he turned it down. Damn. Why? Take care of the family. That's for real. I feel it. So Star um, Search back in the day was the shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, <laughs> it's like, like American Idol for anybody <clears throat> young. Like, what's Star Search? Like, a lot of people got discovered on Star Search. Yeah. So Saturdays looked like for me um, waking up, my dad playing R and B. You know. That man, it's time to clean the house. Blasting it. <laughs> Blasting <laughs> it. What, 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 what we talking about? What was he playing? Because you could tell, okay, if she playing Marvin Gaye, we got to clean the house. Or if she playing gospel, yeah, it's time to clean it up. Well, it, it just depends. You know what I mean? Like, my dad never played one set thing. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. OJ's, you know, um, Tony Terry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, it was a wide range Man, of stuff that he range. would. But he had the big, huge speakers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he had the record player. You know what I mean? And it, it used to go down. What was what was some of the favorite songs that he would usually play? 
um, in those days that you remember. What was the song you was like, I love when you play that song? For me, it was Tony Terry, uh, When I'm With You. Okay. That was, that. that's my joint right there. Tony Terry, When I'm With You. Wow. What year is this? <laughs> 2022 man and it's still it's still one of my it's honestly still one of my favorite songs Hell like yeah. i can go back and listen to it and be like i remember exactly what was right, going yeah, on yeah. during this time love, you know I what i mean there's songs like that that do that for me it was a lot of because my grandpa he had his you know big ass stereo i think he still got it, it just don't work but he played a lot of blues music. So, like, anytime I hear anything B.B. King or anything like that related, it takes me back to him being in the kitchen doing his lottery numbers and my grandma cooking shit like that, me running up and down the hallway. Like, I love when music can actually literally, like, make you travel in time to the moments and you just remember, you know, exact. you can remember exactly, like you said, you know, what was going on at the time when you first heard that song or a random summer night you heard that song. I, I miss that shit. My grandma would play... Uh like she liked blues. Like fun fact, one of my great aunts used to date BB uh, King. Wow. So like my grandma would play blues, and like even now, like uh, she's older, but like she know how to get the radio stations in her phone from the south. And you know, in the south, sometimes they got all like blues radio yeah, stations. Like yeah. it's different down there. Like, up here, we got like usual top forty. Like she would access a station in Dothan, Alabama, little small town. They be playing all the juke joints and all that, and that's just her vibe. But I knew when she would play those songs, I'm like, yeah, she downstairs cooking, yep. and she gonna make us clean. <laughs> that's what that means. It's you about heard, that time, mm-hmm, or when you heard gospel, like you know, with my mother. Say it was gospel. When we play, me. yep. When you play gospel in the house, that meant it's time to get up, ready to go to church. You know what I'm saying? So. uh like I feel you when you talk about music take you back to certain moments. So I want to ask you now. We talking our element. What was the first hip hop song that made you be like, you know what? I want to. I want to do this. Honestly, for me, um, it's been mostly R and B. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Boys the Men. You know what I mean? Like I Ooh, was. Man. I was. I was hooked on the uh the boys and men christmas album that they got let it snow yeah classic i've been i've been bumping that since <laughs> i was snow. in middle school and mm-hmm. i still bump it to I this heard day you bumping on the way here no, I'm <laughs> just gonna say, i was gonna say i thought i heard that i thought i heard him <laughs> let it snow, snow. <laughs> yeah that's my joint man like i remember um, when toys r us played that one se- christmas season i was there i was like get the fuck out of here yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. like the only time you heard that only song. Only time, one time. It got snuck in there. <laughs> yeah, after that, it was Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, rock. And it was like, all right, that's it. The boys and men, they go back to the oldies, all right? Well, it, what's so crazy about it is, like, even still to this day on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. even with my kids and my wife, I'll turn the music on for Boys and Men Christmas, and I'll play it. Oh, Christmas oh, music, like, it... I try to listen like one time. Well, a crazy fact about my my family like we got a lot of records, and my grandma Helen would always say, "I had the only kids who would listen to Christmas records all throughout the year. It'd be fucking May, and they'd be playing Johnny Cash or you know playing Christmas albums. They right. just like Christmas so much. And then like, but in the winter time, when you hear Christmas music, it's like man, it's, it kind of match match the vibe of the world a little bit, you right. know. So right. Christmas records hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so like as far as uh hip hop music though, like um I spent a lot of time around my cousin. Uh my cousin 
he had a uh, group called Delagaff, Delagaff Records. Wow. Shout out Delagaff. Yeah, real real so, three three history right here. <laughs> Dillagaff. That was like so, one of the OGs in this shit. Wow. And I used to sit in the studio. My cousin was pretty much one of the ringleaders for it. You know what I mean? James Moody, a.k.a. Snap. Shout out Snap, man. So <clears throat> I learned how to make beats. I learned how to write music. Mm-hmm. I learned how to record music. I learned all that stuff from him sitting in the studio with him and all the different artists that he used to work with and um, go to other producers and artists' house and record at their house. Like, so I, I was really out there, you know what I mean, at 18, 19. It was getting an experience. <clears throat> so then I went from becoming just getting informed you know what I mean? And seeing what the work of it is actually like. You know what I mean? Because you hear the music, you hear the, the finished product. Right. How does it get there? So I got a lot of experience of learning how it actually gets there and all the work that goes into it. Yeah. You know, from the hours that my cousin would take somebody's song, mix and master it for him. Oh, uh, and then what's crazy is like mixing and mastering takes so long. Cause you want it to sound good, right? You know what I'm saying. So you you learning that is like patience in itself. Cause mixing and mastering is a process. So you know. So. And then I would record him when it came to his own songs sometimes, and you know, I'm not doing anything but pushing a button, right? Mm-hmm. But it's learning something that I never really even thought about. Just being able to interact with it hands on. So um, I went from doing that. To, I became the cameraman because I was too young to get into the bars and stuff and they wanted to film a lot of stuff that they had going on so I became the cameraman mm-hmm. which allowed me to get into shows hell yeah being hands to, on to record everything you know what I mean get to kick it and everything so I did that and then they get a little like illuminated plastic cup. Like he's still underage. Let <laughs> <laughs> the no, cup he can see X, through. Yeah, the, oh, the, X, I was say the, the X solidified that you were not old enough to be the luminescent in here. X. <laughs> so um, after that, you know, then I started to get a little more um, curious. You know, about what could I really do? You know, what I mean, if I if I tried to rap or if I tried to make a beat. You know what I mean? So I tried it. Didn't turn out too well. Yeah, but everybody's first rap be trash. It, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was hot trash. You know what I mean? But we can laugh now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can laugh you, you about could, this you shit. You couldn't tell me anything. This was the hottest thing that I, you know, ever. You Until know what I mean? Somebody told you. Oh, well, see, you did that. the thing about it is, my cousin never said anything. He just let me do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, even still to this day, uh, he's not always like, well, you just got to know my cousin. He'll, he won't really say words, but he'll be like, eh? You can read it on his and face. And if he, if he hits you with that. I have to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's not what's up. It's, it's not even close to what it even should sound like. So that tough criticism uh, kind of shaped you as an artist now. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because um, it, it allowed me to get out my own head. Like mm. I'm not 
where I am. You know what I mean? I still got a lot of work to do. Humbled you out a little bit. Definitely. So, but it, it also, at the same time, gave me a slight complex, I could say. You know what I mean? Because I was, I started thinking that, you know, just stuff that I wasn't doing was just good enough. You know what I mean? Um, so it pushed me. It also pushed me because then it allowed me to get my own studio. Later on down the road, I got my own studio. Then I started working and doing stuff on my own. And um, then that really opened up uh, what I could do, you know what I mean? And not putting a cap on, basing it off of what somebody else says or what somebody else thinks. Mm-hmm. And now was like, you're either going to put the work in or you're not going to put the work in. Right. Because if you don't put the work in, no you're going to keep making hot trash. Pretty much. I'm saying, I know you said, you know, doing music is, uh, you know, music was a big thing throughout your family. But that's still like, did you start out knowing like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to get into music or did you have like another goal, but then you picked music up by just being around it? I wanted to be a doctor. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a doctor, a pediatrician. I wanted to be a vet. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like music was never even a, a thought, you know what I mean? Until, well, see, what really changed everything was when I, when I was 16, I was in a bad car accident. Damn. Damn, sorry and, to hear that, man. And almost died, and my best friend died. Damn, condolences. We got hit by a drunk driver. Damn. And uh, he was going 85 miles an hour on 77, Fuck. and he hit us, and our car, our car was stalled out. Damn. And... Uh, my best friend, he was 6'3", 270, Larry Johnson. Um, he he was in the back seat, and he was, like, if this is the back seat, his legs was up. And uh, when he got hit, the back of the car smashed in and broke his sternum, so he died instantly. Man, man. my condolences, man. Damn. So um, life was really hard for me after that. And I was struggling to find out and even figure who I used to be and everything. My head hit the windshield, cracked the windshield. They had to revive me for over eight hours. Shit. To even get me back to a normal state. So um, for me, that, that changed a lot for me and what I thought and how I viewed stuff. Makes you appreciate life. Yeah. Um, and just gave me more appreciation for God because I know without God, I wouldn't be here. Absolutely. Word. So um, I really struggled, you know, and um, being around my cousin and everything and, and what he was doing, it really helped me on the inside, you know. And um, I started working with kids in childcare too. So... That was between the two, it gave me a balance that I needed because um, going through something like that mentally, it's, it's really hard. Debilitating, you know, I'm sure. It's, it's, yep. it's extremely hard. It's challenging. You know, I see people, they make fun of other people that have like mental health issues and different stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, you don't understand what that person has has to actually really go through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or try to diagnose it yourself. Like you can't 
judge and do nobody like that. Like again, you don't know people's experience when it come to uh come to mental health. That's a real statement. You know, it's like that meme, you know what I mean? Yeah. They say, you know, when it shows this much of someone's life and it shows that little part, it's like what you know about it. You have no idea what people go through when they leave work, when they leave school, when they get off the bus. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So it's very important especially in this day and age where suicide is high and, you know, people turn to drugs to escape shit. Like, it's very important more than ever to just just be nice to people. You know what I mean? Like, and if you ain't going to be nice, at least be understanding, you know, and, and it's tough. So I really appreciate you sharing that on here. Yeah, man, that's man. real. I that's, did not know that, bro. That's Respect a tough, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, um, I post stuff, you know what I mean? You're not on Facebook, you know, but I post stuff and... A lot of my stuff goes over people's head because they don't understand, you know, the place of where it's actually where it's coming, coming from. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, every year I usually post something about my car accident in some way, shape, or form. Sometimes I go a little more in detail and sometimes I don't. But um, December 11th, 1999 was when I got in my car accident. Man. And... um Every year I celebrate it. I, um, and it's not like I don't celebrate it in a way that um, most people would think like a celebration or whatever, but it's more like it's almost like a reset time for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, what have you done? Like a reflection period. Like, who that, are you helping? Yeah, right. What are you doing? You know, I personally, I'm against drunk driving because I know what it does. I know what yeah. it did to me. And yeah, you had an I know what it almost did it. to me one time. Yeah. Like, you know, and I spent, I spent years after that thinking I was invincible, going out, getting wasted. You ain't invincible from that, man. No one is. No one is. You know, and I've actually been in a total of four car accidents in my lifetime. That severe? No, only one that severe. But I've been in other ones that have been traumatizing. Yeah, I mean, you're in a situation with a car. I mean, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, being in a vehicle where you should feel safe, but you don't know there's somebody out there who could be drunk and could be funny, you just fuck up. I struggled for years. I wouldn't even drive a car. Yeah, I wouldn't even yeah. sit in a car. I had a friend of mine, uh, she just now got her license back after years because she got into a bad accident. And that just the, the thought of being in control, like she can be in a vehicle, but being in control of one, like that thought was just like full blown panic attacks. Yeah. And I'd be like, yo, you, you know, chill out, you know, I'll drive. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? My ex, you know, Brooke, she hated driving on the highway. Even she wouldn't like we were going anywhere far or out of state or something like that. I had to drive because there was she just could not do it. I understood because, again, bad accident, you know, and again, when you don't know about these kind of things, people be like, oh, I don't want to drive. You know, it ain't that this person is lazy. It's that, you know, this person has PTSD because they almost died in one of these things. Right. So, I mean, I get it. I definitely get it. And, and I'm glad you're still here, man. I'm glad you're still rocking and. You know, we're going to take this break here in a minute. And yeah, when yeah, we get yeah, back, yeah, 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 yeah. When we get back, you know, we're going to get into more about what you got going on and everything. But again, we're glad you're here and, you know, persevere and, you know, just letting people know that. I appreciate you, uh, you know, disclosing that on here. For me, at least, like I said, I didn't know that. So that's what's up, man. Hey, I'm just blessed to be here, man. And I'm blessed to actually be able to share my story. 
You know what I mean? For a while, I was a little insecure about it. You know mm, what I mean? Because yeah. I didn't, I don't want people's sympathy or anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I went through what I went through and I'm still here. Mm. So I'm willing to put myself out there to help somebody else. Oh, yeah, man. Because I feel like that's one of the reasons why I'm here. That's why we got this podcast, man. Like, it's a, it's a safe space. It's called Say What You Mean. And you've definitely been saying what you mean so far on this first half. You know what I'm saying? But um, before we go on the break, um, shout out your socials, man. Where can they follow you at? You can hit me up on uh, Facebook, Nicholas McDaniel. You can also hit me up on Instagram. It's n.l.m underscore ENT. And um, on Twitter, you can also hit me up at NLM330. All right, Weeze, what about you? You can find me on Instagram at Krishan White. We are on there. We're building these followers. So keep go. it coming. Keep it coming. We loving that. Uh, you know, snap too if, you, if, if you're feeling frisky. I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just joking. Not really. Uh, <laughs> what about you, John P? You go ahead and disclose the whole book. My guy's got a whole dis- yeah, you know like, disposition. Me, man. Come on. Come on. Twitter. Run down your yeah, list. Twitter, everywhere. Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all at John P, the MC, J E A M P T H E M C www.jeanpetermc.com episode 62 NLM 330 you gonna stick around with us for a minute oh you already know I'm here alright man episode 62 we finna clock out of here man this is Jean Peter MC our streams are real yeah say what you mean peace uh say what you mean mean what you say I'm from the 330 where them boys don't play say what you mean mean what you say I'm from the 330 where them boys don't play From the northwest to the northeast Say my name once and they know it's me Southeast to the southwest No arguments, yeah, I got next John P One, two Let me talk my shit again real quick Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up We back, episode back. 62 Say what you mean, NLM 330 What's up, man? I'm here, I'm here how you feeling? Man, I'm doing great, man. I can't I can't complain. Very, very blessed. Yo, before we get into this interview, we got to shout out our sponsor. Sponsor please. time. Yeah, so first sponsor, Melissa Arline. Miss Melissa, we appreciate you. MelissaArline.itworks.com. If you want to win some cash, weekly giveaways, $500, uh, beauty and uh, health products, organic-based, I'm really about to get in on these. Yeah, man. Because, I mean, I feel like people are playing around. So, if you Ray, if you're playing around, if you want to win some money, get some health products. Yeah, I'm down to win some money. MelissaRline.ItWorks.com. Go to the bottom of the page, take the quiz, sign up, and get in a chance to enter a drawing for that. So, MelissaRline.ItWorks.com. It's, it's in the name. It's in the name. Damn it. Then we our second sponsor is the Hub Art Factory. We're recording this podcast. We that appreciate you, to, Tim. Shout out to Tim Carmony. He out in Amsterdam. Yeah, man, I'm doing big things, man. So shout out to Tim Carmony for letting us use the Hub Art Factory for our podcast. Pristine Steam Wash. What's good, Aaron? Shout out Aaron, man. And I think that's the oh, we got other sponsors. I think we good. That's Latrice. That's right. That's why you got me, man. Yeah, I know, man. Listen, another sponsor, Equity House. Shout out Dr. Latrice Snodgrass. Dr. Latrice, we appreciate you over here at the Say What You Mean podcast. Can't wait to have you on the show. Can't wait to have you on the show. So now, my man, NLM330, I got to ask you a question. What's up? So, you being from the city of Canton, Ohio, 
What's your favorite place to eat at in the city of Canton? If you even eat in the city of Canton. I'm asking you that because one, I'm hungry, and two, I just been thinking about the city. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What do you remember? Because, you know, I could ask you about Mr. G's. I know you got the experience, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mr. G's, G's was, was super authentic. You know what I mean? What? Five wings? You you couldn't beat Mr. G's. I remember. What was being, your meal? Oh, definitely the wings. Wings and fries, man. Wings and fries all day. I ain't. That's that's all I ever get. Shit. Out the foil. What yeah. a day. What a time. Straight out the foil. <laughs> Straight out the foil. What a time. Yeah, that was delicious. You know what I mean? My my brother, uh, he used to live uh, right there, right beside uh what is that? What school is over there? Is that Hartford. Hartford? Mm-hmm. Hartford yeah. was right around. Yeah. He used to live that house literally right next door to Hartford. He used to stay in that house. And Canton be so small, you probably know what house he's talking I know about. Exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I have customers on that street. Right. Yeah, right? Right? So we used to always go there whenever I cause I'd be at my brother's house all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, get hungry. Going down to Mr. G's, get some of that good chicken. How many siblings you got? I got three. Okay. You youngest, older? Youngest. You the youngest? Youngest. Okay, okay. So you spoiled. Yes and no. (laughs) When (laughs) they take that long, that means, yeah, I was. Yes and no. I was a baby. (laughs) I got, honestly, though, I learned a lot, you know, being the youngest. You know what I mean? Watching my brothers, you know, all my brothers, they were sports stars you know what i mean in high school so they got all the recognition and the hate you know what i mean and they could have went on to do better things but they chose a different route so yeah um just being there watching their journeys um really helped shape me and also seeing you know because you you see the good, you also see the bad too. For sure. You know what I mean? So that helped me figure out what not to do. Yeah. Um, so it was a matter of figuring out what to do. Yeah. So with with you like with your brothers, what sports did they play? Basketball, football? Moe's brother, he played football. He played football, he ran track, and um he played a little bit of basketball. And then my other two brothers, they played basketball, and uh, my brother that's just older than me, Phil, he's actually a uh, college football ref. So he really? does high school and college. You do refing too, right? Yeah, I'm a I'm a basketball official. What's that like? Because you do the kids, you work with the children. It's, it well, I do. I can do anywhere from elementary. Up to JV games. What's the worst? Because I know nowadays, every time, every year in Canton, right, it's always like, then now with Facebook, like after every basketball game, football game, parents go right to Facebook and they be dogging the shit out of the referees oh, or the coaching. So do you deal with more, what you like, what do you like, what level do you like to coach, the younger or older? It's all the same, I know yeah. to be honest. But I, put my I, baby in. I enjoyed. <laughs> I enjoyed the younger kids because you can teach them the game faster than you can the older kids. That's real. That's real. Um, the older kids, they already have their set ways that they think it should go mm-hmm. based off of their culture 
whatever. But um, like sometimes I'll, I'll air people out on Facebook, you know what I mean? May not say no exact names or anything, but he'd be if, like, "Your son ain't even that good. Why you on?" Right. You know what I mean? Like just killing all the ego beasts. Every, everybody want their kid to be the star, quote unquote, for sure. Right. And but it's levels in respect to it, man. Because um, I think you kind of get in that conversation more than just being from here, because you see the parents just going in. Like right now in the city, it's football season starting. Oh, it's, and it's like it's ridiculous. Like man, the parents turn into ESPN on Facebook. Literally, everybody's a sports. My thing is, until you read the rule book of what an official actually has to do, what an official has to look at, what an official has to really know, you can't tell an official anything. I'm like Nicholas over there cheating. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's easy you, to yeah, say yeah. that an official is cheating. Then Why? Is. Why didn't you see that? Well. If you don't even know what I'm supposed to be looking at based off of my position that I'm in. Then how can you tell me how to do my job? Right. I get it. <laughs> so, so. And, and, in other words, like. You do that a lot. Like I've, 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 had to, mm-hmm. I've had to throw people out of games. I've had to throw. I threw somebody's grandpa out the game. He grandpa was grandpa. tripping? Yeah, grandpa was tripping. You, so, got a sto- you got a story for us when it ref, like a wild reffing story? Oh man, I got plenty of stories. The, the stories are endless. Give us, give <laughs> um, us, give us give so us a funny one. I'm doing I'm doing this tournament uh at Lake. Uh it's, shout out Lake. It's a it's a kid, ah. it's it's a it's an <laughs> elementary tournament, you know what I mean? It's like Oh, this is elementary too, so it's gonna be funny already. Cause yeah, if grandpa so, tripping at elementary, you you you're a wild guy. And it's it's a it's a it's actually last year was it last year? No. Going in going into going into January, I I would did a tournament, a two day a two day tournament. Um and uh it's Teams from all around, they all come in, they do a tourney. And um, the game's real close. And the coaches is already, you know, getting on my nerves because they complain about everything. First on, of rap. all, come first on, of rap. all, it's third grade. They're going to trap. If, <laughs> right. if, if, you, if, if you don't know, I'm telling the you ball, now. The ball is bigger than a lot of the they're third going graders. They're going to, to travel. travel. Right. I'm not calling it. I'm not calling it. Now, if it gets to a point to where it's excessive, like call it. say a kid picks up a ball and he runs straight up to the hoop and scores, I'm going to call it. Right, right. But if the kid is bringing the ball up the court and hasn't even made it over half court and you're complaining about a travel. Then you cool. You should be cool with is that. A kid even, uh, is, like, is, as long as the kid it. is trying to, it's trying to dribble the ball. So stop it, though. So, so what did, stop it. But what did the grandpa father do? So something happened and he had been talking and I kind of ignored it someone threw a chair and then (laughs) (laughs) it was a timeout okay so me being the person that I am like there's only so much I'm gonna take so when the timeout came I walked over and I didn't know who it was but I know the area it was so I walked over and I was like so who has something to say you gangster right speak up and then say what you mean and then (laughs) he said something to me like something about call him call it both ways or whatever and i'm like well if you don't like the way that i'm calling the game then you can leave right 
Immediately. And uh, he said something else smart. I don't remember exactly what he said, but by that time, I was already had enough. And he said something else. And I'm like, you can go. Like right leave, now. And he, he looked at me. Gracefully. He looked at me like he wasn't going to leave. Oh, shit. I'm like, I'll go get the site director and he'll make you leave. So you can either walk out or be escorted out. Or I'm going to get your ass out of here. Oh, that's what escorted out means. That's the nice way of saying I'm going to, I'm going to have somebody <laughs> yeah. hook you up. That's yeah. the polite way. That's the polite Consistently way. Consistently until you're off the body. You know, because as an official, it's our job to keep control of the game, right? Right. But it's also our job to protect ourselves from anybody that's outside those lines. So that comes from you, any spectator yelling, uh, being angry about whatever, you know what I mean? You're entitled, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You know what I mean? And I, I don't care about that. But when you start trying to make it seem like I'm cheating or I don't have any authority and yeah. I have all the authority right, of what's you're the going referee. on in the game, <laughs> yeah. then I have to not necessarily flex my authority, but I'm going to let you know that you can watch the game from the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Go ahead and watch that live on Facebook. And then, and then that's that's what I leave it as. You know what I mean? That that's one of my famous sayings that I'll I'll, I'll tell anybody. Well, if you don't like it, you can watch it from the parking lot. What do you love about being a referee? Teaching. I love still being able to be active and and with kids and um, just the whole interaction. You know what I mean? Like I have I have teams come up to me giving me high fives and everything that's what's up man good game ref and everything like that you know what i mean those those moments are priceless you know what i mean i would and as a ref you don't get paid much like some games you might get paid twenty dollars you might get paid twenty five dollars you might get paid twenty two dollars and some change you know what i mean so you're not really making a ton of money unless you do a lot of games consecutively. Um, once you start doing like middle school games, they pay a little bit more, but then it comes with more politics and then even more politics in high school. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I'm not, I'm, I don't do that. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the love of the game and for the love of working with kids. So. Right. You mentioned your father uh, actually being the president of the NAACP chapter. Uh, in the three three zero, so um, does that love for working with children does that rub off from being from your father being involved with NAACP, just well, being involved with community, which is dad, that's a dope by the way. Shout out to your father. Well, my dad, man, my dad, he's been in the community service field for years. Um, he's he's worked with people with developmental disabilities when I was younger. Um, my dad's a veteran, so he got to work at the veterans here in Canton. Man. He was a chemical substance abuse counselor. Mm. So uh, my dad has multiple degrees, um, very, very smart man. Um, and he's he's been able to grow over the years to, to get to the point to where he can be the leader of the NAACP. So that's that's been huge, you know. Um, and then my dad's also working on some other social justice type stuff too. You know what I mean? So uh, 
growing up, you know, I've always looked to my dad. I was always riding with my dad and everything, you know what I mean? So everything has naturally rubbed off on me, you know what I mean? So it wasn't anything that was ever forced. But when I was able to start working with kids, I just knew. It was just something that just it just really clicked for me. Right. You know I've been I mean? I've been falling in love with that. Like and then every time I would like post about working with kids, even with my experience of working with, with youth, it's something that you always want to do, but you gotta be a certain person that's built for it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like when I was first doing it, like you reached out and was like, Yo man, I see you working with the kids. Cause my mom, she went to school for teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, she wanted to teach kids in Canton City. Cause a lot of people ask like why I gravitate to Canton so much. But my mom literally said when she was younger, I want to be a teacher in Canton City Schools. And to see the impact that she left and that she passed, I want to carry that on, but in a hip-hop format. Right. So do you think that hip-hop and just black men, do we need more mentors out here? Because I think we need more mentorship programs. I think that's something that's forgotten. Man, I'll tell you like this. The places that I worked at when I worked in child care, I was nine times out of ten, I was the only male there. Nine times out of ten, I was the only black person there. Damn. Man. And what I was able to do was I was able to take that chance and transform it into the kids loving me. They loved yeah. me. They needed me. They depended on me. Because when you got the kids, jokingly enough, for the children, when you got the kids involved and, you, and the kids rock with you, oh, yeah. it low-key makes the adults rock with you, too. Because, like, even me as a mailman, like, they wasn't, the adults wasn't talking to me at first. But naturally, the kids gravitate to me. Hey, Candy. So when they see me talking with the kids and playing with the kids, because, mm-hmm. you know, people get skeptical about, you know, people oh, talking sure. to the kids, which I understand. You know Especially what I'm saying? Especially in this day and age. Especially in this day and age. But, like, I, I pay attention to a lot of the kids in the neighborhood, and it's like, there's no, there's no, like, leadership in there. So even though they may see me for five, ten minutes a day, I always try to make sure I leave some type of impact, whether it be give you a piece of candy, let you grab the mail and take it to the porch, or just say, say, hey, how you doing? But sometimes that spirit of leadership just coming to me. It wasn't taught. I didn't go to no course to learn how to be a mentor. It's right. just something that just, it's in you. You either got it or you don't. You either got right. it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? I always, it's thought, of, of, yeah. I always thought about doing the, because uh, growing up, you know, I, I, you know, my dad was always there and everything, you know what I mean? So he just lived in Pennsylvania, but I was part of that big Shout brothers. out OG White. I'm calling them call Pops OG White. <laughs> Shout out OG White. Yeah, we got to get you on here, Dad. But um, Definitely got to get Pops on here. You know, we, uh, I, had the big, I was part of the Big Brothers Big Sisters program, and I had a big, his name was Gordon, super cool dude. And uh, Were you a good little brother? Yeah, yeah. We used to do all kinds of shit, but like the, the, the things that really stuck out to me, because I, I, I like to create stuff. So we got this, you know, huge blank table and just did one of those like big ass train things where like you said, make the city and put the people there and all the coals and stuff. Like having somebody there to do that with, that's not, that's a different kind of friend, you know yeah, what I mean? Not yeah. just, you know, one of the people my age, but like um, a, an adult male figure that I can go and do stuff with, you know? It, it, it helped me to open up that creative side and stuff because I, I didn't know I liked doing that stuff until we started doing it. Um, but speaking of mentorships and leadership, you know what I mean? When going talking about your father and being part of the NAACP, like, I know you said you wanted to be a doctor first, but now you got in the music and everything. Do you think, like, you ever think you could follow in his footsteps, you know, with the NAACP at some point? Is that something you've always you've kind of thought about putting on the back burner for later down the road? Or 
Well, right now, currently, what I do, um, aside from being a basketball official, uh, I am um, an independent provider for people with developmental disabilities. And I currently have two clients that I take care of. Um, so basically, I've been doing it a little bit different, but I'm still kind of following his footsteps. Right. You know, because... Working with people regardless, yeah. First it was kids. Um, then I spent time in the food industry. Um, being a manager, you know what I mean? I was... Uh, I was a manager for a couple of years at Krause's. Um, oh, which one, my guy? The one on Fulton. <laughs> the one on Fulton? And Jackson. Oh, okay, okay. We had a different one, man. So you got the calzones, man. Yeah, you fuck with the calzones. Yeah, I was I was assistant manager there. So I. it was like once a week I would run the store mm-hmm. completely by myself. I remember my first management position, and I had to do that. That shit was the scariest thing in the Everything. world. Everything. And pizza from, is like, From yeah. the food prep make to sure the, it's, Make to sure the, it's enough pepperoni, enough sausage yeah, and shit. Yeah, <laughs> Making the pizza dough for the day. For the so day. So I had to figure it out for the <sighs> entire day. And they don't really teach people. They kind of like, when you take management position, they kind of just throw you in there. All right, cool. Well, they did for me. Shout out to Krause's, because they, 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 um, they taught me. A lot, you know, um, but uh, just uh, being there by myself, because for me, I know I do some of my best work by myself. Right, right. It allowed the owner to see what my worth was really like. So you like pressure. I've come up under a lot of pressure. That's what's you know up, what I mean? Man. So it's like. The bigger the pressure is usually the better that I do, but I'm also calm when I do it. You got to Yeah, I was going to say, you got to keep a calm mind because I've learned, especially with a lot of stuff that I'm dealing with, being frantic-minded or manic-minded about it, it's just like it gets nothing done at all. And, well, mm-hmm. it, 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 see, what people understand, like anxiety, it's... Sometimes people don't understand that they have anxiety. So, um, you know, like certain situations where you feel pressure, mm-hmm. there's anxiety. Yeah. Mm. Whether you think about it or not, it's creating some type of anxiety. There's good anxiety, but there's also bad anxiety. This is true. Mm-hmm. So um, recognizing that anxiety is actually there, then you know that you can deal with it. But if you don't know that anxiety is there and you're just looking at it as just pressure, well, now you're going to act a certain way because of pressure being on you. Yeah. Yeah. It's deep. Because those are, those are two, two totally different words but they still coincide with each other, you know? So it's like being able to um, take the anxiety, still know that it's there, but push it to the side and be able to face the pressure head on, that, um, that alone will, 
will give you some results that you probably didn't even think that you would have. That's real game. That's, that's, that's me. Yeah. With a lot of stuff that I do, I, I typically just put the anxiety to the side because, I mean, it, for me, it just, I always tell myself being nervous about something that I know I have to do serves no purpose. It does nothing but hinder me. So, well, I mean, like, to be honest, I was nervous about being on the podcast. Everybody usually look is, at you, man, but yeah, you know what you I mean? Episode. And, but, but it's only because, like, I'm not in the same spot that I, that I was in, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a public person or whatever, you know right. what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm married, three kids, you know what I mean? I go to work, I come home, but... The only difference for me is I work for myself. Right. So I have multiple ways that I work for myself that I make money, but the pressure's always there as if I don't make money because now I don't have a steady paycheck. Yeah, because you got to be your own boss. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm the HR person. Yep. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm anything. I, I have to do all my own billing. Nobody does my billing for me. Same you type of the financial out, department. Yeah. So if <laughs> if I if I mess up a code on my billing, I don't get paid. I got to wait a whole another week before I can resubmit my billing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I can understand. How <laughs> so that could get that's, annoying. You you know what I mean? So it it's little things that are expected of you. Um, the higher you go up, right. You know what I mean? So I could easily not work for myself, go back, get another management job, and be at work 60-plus hours a week. Yeah, but then you're on somebody else's time. Nobody wants to be on anybody else's time. Well, I knew that for a very long time, and I was still going to work for these other people. I'm, that's, we in the, I'm, I'm there right now. But what I was doing was I was running I – was, I was learning – their business format, what mm-hmm. they're doing business wise from marketing to um because I used to I used to have to do um the ordering, you know, for whatever we would need, you know what I mean? So I, I had to learn all of that stuff because I knew how to be a worker. Yeah. You're trying to learn how to be a boss. How to be a boss, yeah, get that game. In order man. to be a boss you got to know how to be a worker. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to know how to work. In order to teach, you got to And listen, not a lot of people know that. You know what I mean? Because you, you, know you, I mean? you, you like, see that in a lot of stuff, like especially people who are trying to be in the inter- entertainment industry, like they want the results right now. But they don't want to put the, man, none well, welcome to hip hop. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's entertaining. Me, for me, it's entertainment yeah. in general because I see a lot of people. They want the benefits but yeah. don't understand like what it takes. Like even when working for yourself, like people don't understand like working for yourself is low key harder than going to work every day because you got to be, you have to tell yourself because sometimes you got to go to work but you don't feel like it. But now that you independent, you're like, yo, I have to go. Yeah. Like I can't not, not be late because I'm my own boss. And if I don't go to work, it affects my, excuse me, my household for real because versus calling off work, okay, that's one day. But you, it's like one day, this could be some bread I'm missing out on to feed my family. That's like why you I mentioned can't do before. work from home jobs. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I can't do them mainly because I get bored real easy. But if 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 I know I I just I, I just don't have to go today. I, one minute, just give me thirty seconds of that. I don't want to go to work. If I feel that for thirty seconds, I'm not going to work. You know what I mean? And if I have that option, if it's in my control, I'm just not going to go to work. 
But, you know, I, I tell everybody this is my last job I'm going to have working for other people. Um, I'm, I'm doing what I have to do outside of, you know, I go and do my job, my little nine to five, whatever, if you will. But, you know, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm at a point where I am not working for anybody else after this. Like when I, the next paycheck that I get, the next payroll I'm on is going to come from me. And, you know, so I definitely applaud you for being there. And yeah, you man, know, that's dope that you work for yourself, that. man. That's, that's, that's the way to go. Respect. I mean, it took a lot of time though. You know what I mean? Like sure. it wasn't just like it just happened overnight. It's been years. And plus, uh, you know, going on with, with the family dynamic of having a new baby, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And everything. Uh, shout out to my baby girl. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, it's, it, it was actually a conversation between me, me and my wife, you know, because my wife, I'll say it. My wife is the breadwinner. She she makes, you know, good money. You know what I mean? Right. And when we got pregnant, it wouldn't have made sense for her to quit her job to stay home with the baby when she's making most of the money. Right. Facts. I mean, let's be honest. So what it did was it allowed, it was like a blessing in disguise because- it allowed me to get away from the people and the jobs and do me for the first time ever, mm. all while being able to take care of my baby girl. I was going to say at a perfect time because it's ill. That's like a blessing in disguise right there because my son was born. You know, I, I got I had a, only a week to actually be at home. And, you know, I sat on my vacation. I, you know, changed my vacation time around and everything because the day was born. I took my vac- I had to I had to work two more days. And then I just had that next week. I got to, I got to spend this first week home with him, you know, 24-7. So, but, you know, you being able to do that consistently, you know, being able to, you know, learn how to be a dad. I mean, I don't know if it was your first one or, or not, but, you know, being able to be a dad more, like, consistently full-time, not having to go to work, come home and miss all the stuff, you know, that, Shit, I would I would have I'd have paid for that. <laughs> well, yeah. um we would honestly, you know, that's my wife and my that that's our child that we have together. Right. She didn't even know that she can get pregnant. So um in October it'll be seven years that okay. we're that we're married. Congratulations. Seven years in. So um because of that you know the 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 different dynamics that's opened up you know because the two other children you know i had in my classroom in childcare when she first adopted them mm-hmm. from her previous relationship so um i've known them since they were babies so to get the to get to be home with all of them Right. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry about any child care, no babysitters or nothing. You know what I mean? I'm there with them. That's been huge for our family and our dynamic. You know what I mean? Based on everything that's going on. So honestly, man, like I said, it's, everything's just been a huge blessing in disguise because if you would have told, if, if you would have asked me years ago when I was just working with kids, if I would be a stay-at-home dad, <laughs> and uh and and the go go to work later dad 
I told you you're out of your mind. You said the same thing about this podcast. Now look at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like the more the more I open myself up, you know what I mean, and, and quit shutting myself off, mm-hmm. the better it's been. And I coming from my car accident and everything and, and transitioning into where I am now, everything has I mean, it's it's pretty much served its purpose. Yeah. That's what's up, man. That's dope what as a hell. journey, my guy. We're gonna go ahead and get into this next break, but when we come back, we're gonna get into P's positive point. Oh, but before that. Oh, what's up? You got a new single coming now. Yeah. Uh Ooh. so I have a single. Oh, can we can we play it on the break? We can play it on the break. We're gonna play it on the break. Uh so I got a single. It's called I Gotta Make It. Um the song was produced by Khans. Shout out, Shout out Kans. Yes, yes. Mastermind. And you got Dez and Joe Allende on there. Three three old kids in the house. Yeah, yeah. And and a fun fact about that is those are actually my cousins on my mom's side. So this is more personal for me and, family and to check off my bucket list, you know what I mean? For for doing songs with family as I try to, you know, take a step out. And put myself out there more with with the music side. Um, I haven't really put too many songs out, but I put enough out. You know what I mean? Okay. It, all my music can be streamed on all digital platforms. You know, Apple Music, Spotify, just NLM three three zero. That's all you got. Type in NLM three three zero. We about to go ahead and play his single for yes, y'all. Sir, in the we break. gonna play it. I gotta make it featuring Des the Reason and Joe Allende. Episode sixty two. Say what you mean. We gonna come back with peace, positive point, and get up out of here. All right, John Peter MC NLM three three zero. See we peace. I've been praying for it, meditation I've been making my own way, dedication Conversations fully loaded equals confrontation Either way, I gotta make it I've been praying for it, meditation I've been making my own way, dedication Conversations fully loaded equals confrontation Either way, I gotta make it No matter what you say about me, I'm still official Official like a referee, check my credentials Call it like I see it, I keep a couple whistles I see the bright light shining in my face Gotta make it, for real, for my kids' sake It's hard times for real, so I meditate More time to dedicate, appreciate, no hate I be praying, meditating, focus on creating Life comes with tests, I fall then I bounce back No rest when the pressure on me, I shoot threes automatically I follow through on my rough days, easy as a follow through Just because they follow you don't mean they like you Almost died, had to fight to see the light Pressure burst pipes Yeah I've been praying for it, meditation I've been making my own way, dedication Conversations fully loaded equals confrontation Either way, I gotta make it I've been praying for it, meditation I've been making my own way, dedication Conversations fully loaded equals confrontation. Either yo, way, I gotta make it. Yo, yo, yo. Push the pedal to the metal when it's dry land. Walk into the water through this thick sand. If it's quick, be still, wait for God's plan. No honor in the city for a marked man. Look at Christ, gave his life, now I gotta dance. But the evil don't change, never wanna dance. I'm in the world so strange, Lord, I wanna plan. I see your word watered down, that's the preacher's stance. Grab my stuff, exit door, and I leave my seat. Holy Spirit, put my cup and show me how to be. Bless me, more of you with a lot of heat. I feel my fire still grows, more velocity. This is my lottery, humiliation, how it started me. Found myself, now I'm rising to the highest. 
like gunshots used to startle me. But through it all, this vision creates an odyssey. I've been praying for it, meditation. I've been making my own way, dedication. Conversations fully loaded equals confrontation. Either way, I gotta make it. I've been praying for it, meditation. I've been making my own way, dedication. Conversations fully loaded equals confrontation. Either way, I gotta make it like I'm in this world all alone. And my grandma ain't here to make dinner. She got dementia, them recipes she can't remember. Nah. Had a forced marriage in the cold December. But when you move in love, the ego is no contender. Now I'm fighting on the battlefield and feeling my pain. Feelings unchanged, the self worth's filling my brain. Still in my lane and cruising while they honking in the back. So I went and shift gears at the bottom of the lap. Keep up pace, but clocking at my own tempo. I found God outside of a stone temple. I used to treat my body like a gold limo. So black inside of my soul's windows. Carrying a lot of people in the core of me. With no attention to the driver, I'm ignoring me. Now I got a unicycle, more affordably assuring that I'm treating my journey the most importantly, Joe. I've been praying for it, meditation. I've been making my own way, dedication. Conversations fully loaded equals confrontation. Either way, I gotta make it. I've been praying for it, meditation. I've been making my own way, dedication. Conversations fully loaded equals confrontation. Either way, I gotta make it. What up, what up, what up? What's good? Jean Peter MC. Seaweeds. NLM 330 in the house. I got a dab you up, man. I would do it, but I'm not Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, he did that every episode. <laughs> I yeah, you, you coming, know what I'm saying? Man. Thank you for coming through, man. This was a dope episode. How you feeling, man? Oh, man, this has been a huge pleasure. I'm glad you was able to do this, bro. Oh, no, man. I'm I'm super, super excited to be doing this. You know, this is uh, another uh, box I can check off. Let's do it. Congr- so, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, this, is, this is my first time on the podcast, so. We're glad to have you, man. The one one time somebody said that, and I was gonna say we taking podcast virginity, and I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, let's not <laughs> say that. No, not let's say leave that. that one out on. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying it's your first time. Yeah, <laughs> take that how you want to take it. <laughs> but nah, um, pause. We just played. <laughs> Here we go. Pause. So we just played uh, your new single, man. I gotta make it. There's the reason, Joy and Day. Shout out to them guys, man. They're your cousins, your fam too, man. Three, three old kids in the building. And the single drop today. Yeah, drop when this podcast come out. So make sure y'all go over to Spotify, Apple Music, wherever music can be streamed at, and support this single, man. Support my guy right here, man. Nick is a good dude, man. Support we always positivity. Have, yes, you always had good conversations. You got good energy. You know what I'm saying? So I've been always looking forward to doing this episode. And one of the ways I love to end my podcast, as if you listen to the Say What You Mean podcast, is how we end it every week. I have a section called Peace Positive Point, where I have my guests tell me a quote that means something to them, and then it's followed by a quote me and Krishan do weekly. So would you like to go first? You want me to go? How you want to kick this off? I kick it off. Oh man, first Let's time. Let's go. Let's do first it. Go time. ahead, kick it off. All right. So what we got here is by Meghan Markle. Okay. You are enough, just as you are. What's that quote mean to you? It means a lot of different things to me. Um, you are what you think. Mm-hmm. You are how you act. You are how you feel. Um, 
those are those are things that we should think about um, when we're speaking. Because mm-hmm. um, the mind is powerful and it affects how we speak, man. Especially to what we what we think, you know, because what you think is what you do more times than not. Amen. That's real. If you a negative motherfucker, always sticking negative. You're gonna it's gonna reflect. You know not, what I'm saying? Not only your thoughts, but who you surround yourself with. Yep. That too. You yeah. are you are who you surround yourself with. That that is a very real thing and I learned that. You know, I, I, I had a lot of friends where I thought I had a lot of friends, you know, coming out of high school and stuff. I speak to no one, none of them for the most part. And that's because a lot of them don't really know who they are. I've always been me. And I'm proud of that. And I'm proud that I could always be me and still have the people around me that I do. And that's why we friends, because, like, I've known you since I was 16. Yeah. And you've still been the same. I've never changed. Even my sisters and all them said, because, like. But grow. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can be the same person, but as long as we growing. It's it's always best to be unapologetically you. And I, I, I always have. I have always had the same interests, still be the same nerdy, geeky kid. Like my sisters made fun of, <laughs> fun of me for coming up, but you know, my older sister, I go over there and hang out with my nephew all the time, and you know, he he's got a lot of stuff around him that I try and steer him away from and everything, and, and it works just for being present, right? And you know, showing him that it's it, you know it's cool to like the stuff you like. I like the same stuff. And he be lighting up. Like he lit up when he saw this shirt. You know what I mean? He was yeah. always oh, that from Legend of Zelda and blah blah. Like you know. I love showing him that it's okay to be you and that people will accept you for you. You have to be. And you know the saying? ones who are actually going to be beneficial to you, maybe not do nothing for you financially or right. materialistically, but Smart and money. you know, mentally, because right. being accepted for who you are just does something to you mentally. I love the people I have around me. I, I, I love the new friends that I make from this. I love the people that I met coming in here. You know, one thing that we always talk about when it comes to the hub is, you leave here and you you, you want to go create. You want to go do something right. because you see all the stuff that people are in here doing. And the people that I met through here are some of the most incredible people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. And I've only known them for, you know, the couple of months I've been doing this. So stay you, stay true. And you know what I mean? Say that quote one more time, man. You are enough just as you are. I like that. See, Weaves, what about you? You want to go? Yeah, my quote is, serenity is knowing that your worst shot is still pretty damn good. That's by Johnny Miller. (laughs) That's ill. And for me, what that means is, you know, we talked about anxiety and putting that to the side earlier. I've always thought of anxiety as just fear of failure, you know, or, you know, whether that be, uh, you know, failing to, you know, you know, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? I guess integrate into different kind of social norms or right. fear of getting into a job or fear of failing a job, you know, or fear of letting people down. That's anxiety is, you know, fear of failure to me. So when you like, especially people who are trying to get in the entertainment genre, like you with your music, John with his music, me with trying to get this movie stuff off the ground. I spent a lot of times looking at blank screens on my laptop, being afraid of failing. And right. that stopped me from doing it all together yeah. instead of just taking the chance and letting that happen if it happened. Because fear, you know, failure is nothing but, you know, just a missed attempt. You know, it's not the end of the world. It ain't the end. So, you know, if you do step, you know, with artists and, you know, I look, I look at all the art in here. Right. And 
none of these people knew I was going to turn out when they started. You know, look at the David Bowie John right here. Like, I'm sure he didn't know exactly how it was going to turn out. But as he kept going, you know, that, you know, it looks the way it does. And that's that, that, that's amazing, you know, to look at. It's amazing to look at all of this stuff. And to be able to put yourself out there. Right. Despite all of that, you know, even if you fail, there's a bliss to knowing you still did something somebody else couldn't or yeah. di- or chose not to. And it's even better when they choose not to do it because they can't do it and you did. So I'll say it again. Serenity is knowing that your worst shot is still pretty damn good. That's what's up. And my quote is from William Arthur Ward. And it's about opportunities, you know, from the conversation we didn't had this past hour. It's been about opportunities been the thing. So opportunities are like sunrises. If you wait too long, you miss them. Like, I really paid attention to how, like, we have a lot of guests who've never been on a podcast, and they immediately, like, get scared or they don't want to do it. But, like, the fact that you came into us and took the opportunity to just tell your story, right? look at what it blossomed out of. And that's just for life. Like, in hip-hop especially, we talk a lot about, you know, local artists and major artists. And a lot of those guys, um, or some of them, or any artist in general, not, like, particularizing is like, when you, you have to seize your opportunities. Right. When they come your way, it's not about how much I'm getting paid. Sometimes you got to take those opportunities where it's not always about no money, but it's helping you get somewhere. I, it, it shows I've done where I didn't get paid, but when I left, the, the, the opportunity was there. And then I brought merch. Right. Made an opportunity to make some money. Right. I'm like, well, shit, the promoter can't pay me. He paid me with stage time. But let me go ahead and bring these T-shirts and these CDs and rock, bust my ass on stage, take an opportunity of a performance, and then doing good at that opportunity, and then make an opportunity to have people support me. So it's like you can make your own opportunities and not wait for them. I could have been like, man, I ain't get paid. Right. But I'm like, I, I made some money. It's like when I did your show, man, I could have just... You know, not got anything at all, but I took the opportunity to tell those people to buy me drinks and yeah, they but- did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, what, <laughs> what kind of. I think he might have said the opportunity to host it. He was like, yeah, had the opportunity to take two girls home and I took three. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't do that. It was only one. (laughs) Maybe two. Maybe two, but nah, man. It was definitely only one. (laughs) Chill out, about to get me in trouble on this motherfucker. It wasn't five. <laughs> it was not. Nah, but see, take them opportunities, man. And to our listeners in this podcast and who support us, man, um, this was an opportunity for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We we kept we got tired of listening to weak ass podcasts. They was not talking about shit. Shit that could have been said on, on a phone call. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like message. we took our opportunity and made something. So being from the city of Canton, if you ain't inspired to make your own opportunities, you must not be doing something. Period. Because it's like talking with Nick, I didn't even know you was working for yourself. You know what I'm saying? You make an opportunity, and that opportunity helps you become a build a relationship with your daughter and your children. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, Which is a beautiful thing, man. Well, Again, Which that's- is the most important thing for me. You know, um, I always wanted to be able to raise my daughter. You know, Real or talk. son. Real talk. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted to do. I spent 13 plus years raising children that weren't even mine. Real talk. So if I'm going to do any justice, it's going to be for my daughter to put the same time into her that I've done with all these other kids. Right. You know what I mean? So um, it's been, it's been great. Honestly, every day, you know, the, the, the greatest joy is 
waking up in the morning and hearing her say, hi, dad. Mm. Yeah. That's it. That sets my day off every single day. She pop right up and say, hi, dad. <laughs> Make sure she near you whenever the Browns play so they don't piss you off. You know, cause <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about that time of year, man. Unpopular opinion. I'm not a Browns ah, fan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Chargers fan. Always okay. been a Chargers fan. Shout out Chargers. So my uh, boy, my homeboy, he uh he produced a song. I forgot the song. He produced a song on uh he produced Crushing on my last album, Say What You Mean. Mm-hmm. He tried out for the San Diego Chargers. Wow. J Maul, J Maul Jones. Shout out J Maul Jones. Nice. So Charlie, that's crazy connection, right? Yeah. That's dope. Connection. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. So uh any last shout outs, man? What about any shout outs, man, before we get out of here? Oh man, just God. You know, I always got to shout out God actually. because, you know, as I said before, without God, I wouldn't be here. Amen. Um, also, my wife, Rowena McDaniel. Um, shout out Miss McDaniel. Joey, my son, 14. Shout out Big Joey. You know, Jaden, my daughter, she's 12. Uh, her volleyball team is 5-0 and right now. That's Let's what's go. up. So, so they balling. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Nicole Lynn, my my youngest, uh, my dad, Hector McDaniel. Shout out to know. Pops. And uh, shout out to y'all. Man, thank appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Seriously, because yeah. this, is, this is huge. I always appreciate that because when we ask people to do shout outs, I don't expect them to say it. So I don't I, care I if they don't. Know. You know but everybody mean? says that, so thank you, man, because we just want to make I opportunities for y'all. And we just want to make opportunities for ourselves because we always knew, like we always said, if we don't have a TV show, we're going to have like some type of radio show. And now you right. see how podcasts are popularizing. So appreciate yeah. that, man. Um, Especially me because, like, you know what I mean? This John started this. And, you know, a lot of times he sets up the interviews and everything. So, like, when I, a lot of the times I'm meeting these people for the first time. Right. And, you know, like when we did uh, Brian mm-hmm. and I met this man for the first time and he's like the infamous Krishan White. I was going to wear a shirt that had a picture I saw you in. And I'm just like to have people accept me and shout me out and, you know, really make me feel like they know me about as well as they know John. I've always been appreciative of that. So I shout, I shout out, out to every guest that comes on here, yeah. you know, and makes me feel more and more welcome on the show. Cause when I first started this, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do on here? I don't know half of these people. Ain't none of my projects out yet. You know what I mean? Like what, do, who's going to care about me, but you know, the guests that come on and then John sends me at, at all hours of the day, I'm getting text messages, you know, stuff people say to him about me. And it's like, that makes me want to do this more. And it gives yeah. me a reason to come down here because I look forward to doing this every week. So I shout out every guest that's come on here. Shout you out for coming on here and blessing us with your time, man. For sure. Telling your story, saying what you mean with your chest. You know what <laughs> there I'm saying? There you go, man. Chest but, out. Uh, you know, outside of that, I just like to shout out my family who's, you know, been very, 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 very supportive of me and everything I got going on. Shout out my boy, John P, for, you know, not turning your back on me uh, yeah, through anything. Yeah. And... Even when I told you to, you know what I mean? You 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 refused to do it. So yeah. I appreciate that. And just shout out the listeners who who have made me feel very welcome here on this podcast. And I hope whenever I got everything I got coming out that y'all support that and I could take y'all on this creative journey with me. It's about my time now. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to my man NLM three three yo Nicholas. You know what I'm saying for for coming through, man, and, and gracing this podcast with your story and, and all the things you have going on. I want to shout out to the listeners, the supporters, 
Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Keepers of the Art. This episode will be out in October, but you know, last night I rocked with Souls of Mischief and Hieroglyphics. Legends. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And Jay Raw. So I want to shout out to those guys for giving me an opportunity uh, to perform. You know, because two years ago I rocked with KRS One at the same spot. So Legend. two years later to rock with Hieroglyphics and Souls of Mischief and see them yeah. do 93 till infinity was like an outer body experience for me, man. So shout out to the those that love the real hip hop. Shout out to Souls of Mischief, Keepers of the Art, Hieroglyphics, my man Jones. Um, shout out Seaweeds again, man. Um, for being a part of this podcast and just being my boy, you know what I'm saying? Um, forever. Forever, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to get out of here, man. It's a soft Sunday. We chilling. Yeah. yeah. It's time to get to this taco truck. It's time to, <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get to this taco truck, this episode 62. Jean-Peter MC, NLM 330. See, we out of here, man. Peace. Peace. Appreciate it. Uh, say what you mean. Mean, mean what you say. say. I'm from the 330. Oh. Where them boys don't play, don't play. Say what you mean. mean Mean what you say I'm from the 330 oh. Where them boys don't play From the northwest to the northeast Say my name once and they know it's me Southeast to the southwest No arguments, yeah I got next Jean P One, two Let me talk my shit again real quick uh, I will not settle These voices not